Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. It's episode 24. If you keep track at home, I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker here with you as always. Very happy to have my co-host back, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, two-week hiatus for you. Glad to have you back, brother. Yeah, moved into a new home, and um, this calls for a celebration and champagne for this episode. Steve Cohen has officially bought the Mets. Oh, baby. Yeah, we don't know if Jolan has had the champagne yet, but you're going to find out probably <laughs> by the end of this episode. But no, it's. Uh, I told you he had something going on. Told you he was safe, he was okay, and uh, here he is back in the booth. Uh, Joel, I want to take you back to last week. I was 8-6 and six in my picks total. Uh, not a great week. I lost every toss-up game except for my upset of the week. My upset of the week was Tua and the Dolphins beating the Rams. That was the only one that came to fruition. You had the, the Broncos ended up winning. The Saints ended up winning. So sick and tired of the Bears now. And then you had, uh, what was it, the Steelers-Ravens game. Just uh, unreal stuff, man. To unreal. Your, to your point and your credit, the Dolphins-Rams thing you could have seen in hindsight. The Dolphins are building something good over there. I, like I, I didn't see it. And again, Tua didn't light the sky on fire, but I thought the team would play inspired, and they did. You keep looking at last week, and we we had probably the worst Sunday night game we'll see the rest of the season in the Cowboys and the Eagles, I think. Uh, ben DiNucci, he didn't play too well. The Giants, they lose on Monday night on what some call controversial pickup of a pass interference. I watched the play a hundred million times. I still don't think it's pass interference. I think he gets there just simultaneously, and Daniel Jones needs to throw that ball immediately. He needs to throw it out in front, and and if he does, that's a tie game uh, rather than the Giants losing. I have two important things to say. The first one is that I don't think it was pass interference because if you watch it in real time, which the refs are doing before they review it, they made the right call because he did get there simultaneously. If you review it, it's a split second, but in football... You know, you got to give it to the defender there. He made a great play. The second thing is, I had a eight-leg parlay for that game that I hit on everything except, guess what, Monday night game. What was it? Was it over the Mike Evans fifty-five yards? He had or fifty-five point five yards. He had fifty-five yards, and I lost seven hundred and twenty dollars that night. That is, uh, and the Giants I, lost. The sad Oof. part is, is if you know Jolan, you can picture him being sad while watching the like I. Jolan, I could see this right now. You just sitting at the television screen asking why. Why does this happen? Why is gambling a thing? Like, I could see you very upset in this moment. Well, here's the worst part about it. I was asleep. I have work Tuesday morning, so my group chat went off for fantasy. They were talking about the, the, the game, obviously. I wake up to it. I'm like, all right, let me check my parlays, thinking I'm not going to hit on all of them. Mike Evans has 55 yards, and I'm watching a Giants two-point conversion, praying it goes to overtime. It was so sad. I went to bed depressed. That was unreal. I actually fell asleep before that game ended. I, I didn't get any sleep from work the weekend. So I had to get to bed, and uh, I missed the end of that. But I woke up to that play on Twitter. A really tough play. The other big thing out of that game was Golden Tate. He scores a touchdown, yells at the camera, throw me the ball. He obviously wants more targets. His wife went on Instagram. Listen, this has worked a grand total of zero times in professional sports of people and their wives yelling that they need more targets, that they need more playing time. This, Joel, this is the this is not a recipe for success. If you cook this up, you are going to burn the house down or you're going to make something god-awful. And we've all had god-awful cooking at some point in our lives. That's exactly what this is. Golden Tate and his wife cooking this up. It's going to end poorly. And he, he played scout team today. He played scout team today. He, he's, a, he's a big vet. 
Uh, it's it's unreal, Jolan. This ends poorly bad cooking is when you fold the plate and you put it in the garbage to not let them see how much you ate or didn't eat. Oh, yeah. That's you exactly got, the situation. You got to wait for them to, like, go outside and, like, have a cigarette or, like, go, you know, go somewhere else. And the other thing is, this is a bad testament to Dave Gettleman and the people he's bringing in. Naturally. He let, he let go of 13 for he's no fired. drama. He let he, he brought He brought in Golden Tate for the no drama. And here we are with no 13 and OBJ. Now we have a Golden Tate replacement and the same amount of drama. No man's bigger than the team, and I actually like Joe Judge for putting Golden Tate on scout. I think this is a clear message of where the Giants are going. It's it's team. It's well, no they, tr- they tried to trade him before the deadline. By the way, the deadline was very quiet, very meh. I, I wasn't really impressed. I was by expecting anything. more moves from the Packers, maybe the Cowboys shipping people. I don't know. Now Nothing really the happened. winner of the trade deadline was one player in particular, and that is Avery Williamson, who went from the Jets to the Steelers, uh, winless to unbeaten. Greatest trade in the history of his life. That's all he could ask for. And he's going to play right away. Devin Bush is out for the Steelers uh, for the rest of the season. So he's going to need to step in and play a big role. But again, a quiet deadline. We had the Carlos Dunlap thing, but that happened like four days before. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So a quiet deadline. Antonio Brown is back for the Bucks. We're going to talk about him in this week's matchup. And that's where I want to segue to, Joel, on, at, right after this. We've got covid uh, the Packers and the Niners had a whole bunch. The Packers were missing a receiving core. The Packers were missing a running back room. Uh, both teams, you know, again, random cases are popping up here and there, but it seems like they have it under control within the team, and it's not spreading like wildfire like the Titans did. So that's good news going from there. Now, at the halfway point, you're going to say, Goose, where do you stand on your picks? 72-47. and 47. Jolan, that's 25 games above 500. I'll take that any damn day of the week. All and right? we're only nine weeks through. By week 16, 17, you're going to be, I think, we're, well over 50. We are we are halfway through the season, and I need some good weeks here. I've been very mediocre here the past few weeks. You could use an 11-game week. But Everyone again, can. I, I had the one thirteen game week. That was huge. We're going to move into week nine, Joel, and I want to get started with our picks. So uh, let's get it rolling. Well, let's start with one of the better matchups. Um, we'll start with the Ravens at the Colts, both 5-2. and two. Um, the Colts are one in five unbeaten teams at home this season. They're three and zero, but the Ravens are one of the three squads that haven't lost on the road. They're three and zero. Big matchup. Questions about Lamar's passing. Colts kind of doing what they've normally done, just coasting, looking for a playoff spot, maybe a divisional round. Like. Doing just enough, absolutely. Uh, Jolan, I'm gonna go Ravens here. I, uh, you know, and again, maybe this is me giving Lamar too much credit, but I think he bounces back. I think he hears the noise. He hears everything, you know, he's heard all this stuff throughout the draft in his first year. Then he comes out with a big passing day against the worst Miami defense in the history of the league and says, well, that was pretty good for a running back. And I know, you know, I just think he he's hearing so much noise this week. Him, uh, Darius Leonard might be the spy on him the whole game. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I don't know what Phillip Rivers has in the tank. I don't know if he can will this team to victory in this game. I like the Ravens. And it's a question of, is he even fit to work in the NFL now? But that's a different discussion for a different day. He's got kids to take care of. Lots (laughs) of them. We move on with the stacked 1 o'clock schedule for the Seahawks at the Bills, the 6-1 Seahawks at the 6-2 Bills. Um, A stat to know is a testament to Russell Wilson, actually. Seahawks wide receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are the first pair of NFL receivers with 500 receiving yards and seven receiving touchdowns through their first seven games. Wow. Yeah, that's... Listen, and that's why this game is close. That's why this game is going to be a real good one. Again, Seattle is allergic to blowing teams out. I don't like the way Buffalo has looked the past few weeks. 
Uh, I don't I, I don't know, Jolan. I'm going to go Seattle. I just trust Russell Wilson more than I do Josh Allen. Him and DK Metcalf are becoming that one-two punch in the fourth quarter that a lot of people, A, dream of, and B, are scared of if you're a defensive coordinator on the other side. I really like what they're doing. The Bills don't have the defense they've had in years past, so I'm going to take Seattle in this game on the road. Why? They're a great road team because they can run the football. And B, I like I said, I just don't trust Buffalo as much as they used to, and I trust Russell Wilson. Well, it's a good thing you've mentioned Buffalo's offense, and you, I mean, dismantled their defense, basically talking crap about them. But um, the good thing to note is Stephon Diggs is second in receiving yards, so the little isolation period he needed to warm up with the Bills is not needed. He's booming. And puts us to our third receiver who plays for the Carolina Panthers. They play for the Chiefs. Robbie Anderson's been hot. He's third in receiving yards. Again, a new receiver on a new team. Not taking a lot of time and to heat up. good for him. Good he, for him. He, he came deserves from the Jets. it. Exactly. Came from the Jets. Absolutely. Good for him. And Mahomes has 21 passing touchdowns and one interception this season. The highest touchdown pass count with no more than one pick through a player's first eight games of the season. Mahomes breaking records again. Yeah, of course he is. And I, listen, I like Matt Rule. I like what he's done there. He's building a program very much like he's done at these colleges that he stopped at. Again, I thought three wins might be the maximum they'd get all year. They got that within about five weeks, which was pretty hey. impressive. I'm taking I'm taking Kansas City in this game. They're at home. That defense is starting to play well. Mahomes is, is hyped up about he could win another MVP this year. I just, I really don't like, I mean, we saw what they did last week with the Jets. They were toying with them, playing swag surfing on the field. It's just absolutely fun stuff. I think they might get another crack at that this week. Now, again, Robbie Anderson's going to be a weapon. Uh, CMC's coming off the uh, IR, so he's going to play this week, I believe. He he is being activated, so uh, look out for that. But, again, at the end of the day, I just think Kansas City is too much. And at home, I think maybe this game's a little bit closer than you might think, but in the end, I like Kansas City. To another battle above the team of 500s, we have the Bears at the Tennessee Titans, the 5-3 and three Bears at the 5-2 and two Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is the last in the NFL on opponent third down conversions rate allowed at 61.9%. A team was 8th last season at 36.3, but luckily for the Titans, the Bears offense ranks 31st in third down conversions at 34.9. The Bears, two quarterbacks ready through the year. And what they say is when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Wait, so, you mean the Giants' defense isn't the worst on third down? They, they might be the worst in NFL history. Giants are 13th in the league. Wow. One, one spot ahead the Patriots of yards allowed per game. So you note that and take it to the bank. Oh, no, I'm talking about just third down, the stat oh, you read about Tennessee. We're probably awful. <laughs> right. We're probably like 29th. Whatever. Regardless, Tennessee laid a complete egg in Cincinnati last week. Their performance was disgusting. That of a JV team. I expect them to come out. The Bears, listen, the Bears, I, I gave my buddy credit. I picked the Bears last week against the Saints. They had a chance to win that game. They lost it in overtime. I'm not picking them again. Not this week. Okay, I, I without Allen Robinson, I think he may or may not play. Who knows at this point? Regardless, even if he does play, even if I, even if William the Refrigerator Perry comes out of retirement, Go. I don't think the Bears are winning this game. I really don't. I just don't see them having the offensive firepower. I think Derrick Henry against Hakeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, that defensive line of the Bears, is going to be such a fun matchup. Roquan Smith at the second level at linebacker, going to be a ton of fun. I like Derrick Henry. Give me Derrick Henry at 40 carries this week, and uh, I think Tennessee wins this game. Lord knows Chicago could use a guy like that, Perry, in the red zone right now. So yeah, that would be Who nice. knows? From the stacked matchups at 1 o'clock, we go to one of the lesser ones, the Lions, the 3-4 and four Lions at the 2-5 and five Vikings. 
This will be running back Adrian Peterson's third career game against Minnesota. He spent 10 seasons with them earlier in his career. Peterson teams are 0-2 against them, so that might sway your pick and who you're picking. Uh, I don't know. This may be our toilet bowl of the week. This is pretty close. See, I like I like the Vikings a little too much because Adam Thielen on my team to certify this as one. Yeah, I... You know what? I've, I'm going to pick the Vikings in this game. I just like them a little bit more than I do the Lions. Not a whole bit, Jolan. It, this isn't like, holy crap, slam dunk all your money on Minnesota. This is one of those things where I think they found a little something in the run game against Green Bay last week. Dalvin Cook had four touchdowns. I, I think there were four touchdowns in the first half, it felt like. Uh, it may have been spread out, but still. They found a little bit there. Justin Jefferson's been doing a great job for them. I just like them a little bit more. Uh, the Lions, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Like, <laughs> there's yeah, nothing there. <laughs> like, you know, it's very, it's very boring, mediocre. So uh, I'm gonna take the Vikings in this game, especially at home. You know, the Lions have historically wasted talent, but I've never seen a quarterback's talent wasted as much as Matt Stafford's. Uh, he'll ever. be out this week. I, is he out this week? He's he, on the COVID. He's on the COVID list. thing. He has a chance to play Sunday, but I'm just saying his entire career and its entity. He, he's still on fifty thousand yards. Yes. Like to not win a playoff game, you got to get talent around him. Moving forward to a lesser game, of course, at 1 o'clock now. The Broncos, the 3-4 and four Broncos at the Falcons, who are 2-6. and six. Man, there are some toilet bowls this oh, week. Oh, uh, that's why. I'm saving one in particular for it. Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan has 72.3% completion rate and 89.3 total QBR with wide receiver Julio Jones in the field this season. But Ryan's numbers falls to 59.1% completion and a 45 total QBR without him. So the, Jones's health depends on Matt Ryan's success. It looks Jolan, like. this is ridiculous, man. I don't, who do you pick in this game? If you look at both of these teams and their seasons, Atlanta, biggest choke job since uh, since themselves in the like these dudes just keep outdoing themselves. They've had three indexes of ninety eight or higher win percent chances this year. They've lost, and they've lost. I think they've lost all three. Oh, they've lost that's all three. embarrassing. But then you have Denver, a team that's just been inconsistent. They win against the Chargers last week. But everybody's winning against the Chargers, especially late in games. Great play, KJ Hamler. Right. But that game also took place in Denver. Very interesting. Now you go to the Dome down there in Atlanta. No fans. No Chick-fil-A because it's Sunday. I This this stings because I I, I don't even know. I'm going to take Atlanta. I, I knew you were going to, and I watched I, them lose this game dramatically. I think, I think Julio Jones is going to play. And if Julio Jones plays... I like I like Matt Ryan and this team. The last time Julio Jones' health was up for grabs, he ended up playing, and they ended up winning, and I picked against them. So this week, I think Julio Jones plays, and if he plays, I'm taking the Falcons, which means i got to go out on a limb. But, uh, yeah, Joe, I don't know why I continue to do this to myself, but I've done it with the, De- I've done it with the Broncos too, and they've let me down. So both teams have let me down. I'm just going to take, I, I can't even say the lesser of two evils. I'm going to take the home team. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bet on Julio Jones being a factor, you should because in his last three outings, he's leading the NFL with 123.7 receiving yards per game he plays. So if you're going to bet on Julio playing, you should probably be betting on the Falcons. Um, to a what I would call a toilet bowl, but after this matchup, we have a worse one. The New York Giants are at the Washington football team. And I don't even want to say their records because I'm disappointed. Washington is averaging 292.7 yards of offense per game this season, third fewest in the NFL, and the Jets are at 259, and the Giants are at 291. So two of the worst offenses of football meet up. Giants have a better defense, it looks. Who do you got? So you know what that means, right? This is like in baseball when they say, oh, 
We've got we've got uh, Jacob Degrom going against Max Scherzer, the pitchers' duel of the year, and the game ends like eleven to twelve. <laughs> so like these offenses stink, which means they're going to light the world on fire on Sunday. Uh, no, in all reality, the Giants own Washington. They basically own Washington D.C. Uh, when they vote, uh, Washington D.C. is blue, and uh, it will be blue after the Giants win this game this weekend. And uh, l- listen, man. I, I'm so tired. I, I just keep seeing on Twitter, oh, we should have won this game. We should have won it. Cool, but you didn't. And again, losing teams find a way to lose. I've said this for a few weeks now. I'm tired of it, man. Losing teams find a way to lose. It's Daniel Jones. Okay, it, it, it's just – it. but, Joel, it's that simple. If you're a team that knows how to win, you find ways to eke out these games where you got to get a two-point conversion, play to tie, and go to overtime. Or you've got a, you've got the ball in the last possession of the game. I agree. Daniel Jones has not looked great. The defense has looked actually pretty good, and we're still missing Xavier McKinney in the back end. Okay, so don't forget about that. We still need more of a pass rush. We still got to get after the quarterback a little bit better. Uh, but I've been I've been relatively surprised and and woefully surprised, actually greatly surprised by the effort that that team is putting forward. And again, I get it. They're not quitting. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. But what they're not doing right now is putting wins in the win total. So that's a problem, and they got to find a way to do that. They're going to do it this week because it's Washington. We always beat Washington to screw ourselves out of draft position because that's what we do as New York Giants. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm going to save my Giants rant for, for a different day, but I'm going to take the Giants in this game. I'll go on a quick one. I think I like Joe Judge a lot more than most people. I think he's coached us into football games more than he's coached us out of them, and the whole responsibility of the quarterback – is why we've lost games. He's literally thrown turnovers when we've been in the red zone. He's fumbled the ball more times than he started the games. It's it's hard out there. Moving forward to what I would call the actual toilet bowl this week, we have the 1-6 Texans at the 1-6 Jaguars. You were waiting for me to call one? That's why. Bro, I think we might have three this week. Hold, like, holy cow. Give me Houston. I, I Yeah, go well, ahead. Let me just throw a stat out yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. Minshew's not playing. So Not we got good old Lutton playing. Who? Had tw- Lutton. L-U-T-O-N. That's the backup quarterback. Like Luttenberg? No, that's L- Luxembourg. <laughs> but, <laughs> but good stat to know is he's not a total scrub. He had 28 passing touchdowns last year and only three interceptions at Oregon State. 9.3 ratio, ranked fifth in the FBS, only behind Justin Fields, Tua, Joe Burrow, and Dustin Crum, who... He's not that good. Dustin Crumb, like like breadcrumbs, bread like crumbs. what? Is, Actually, there's no what B. Is going on it's, here? it's just M. Oh, M-N. okay, okay, okay. I <laughs> uh, dude, you did it in your cell. Oregon State, come on, guy. This is the Pac-12. This isn't the Big Ten or the SEC. Stop this BS. Give me Houston by 15. The Pac-12 hate is not allowed. <laughs> I understand. It's coming back this week. We're going to talk about that after this. Give me the Texans in this game. No Minshew, no Magic. And uh, uh, some sad, sad fans when they go home Sunday afternoon. Deshaun Watson looks like he's thrived without Bill O'Brien, so that's definitely yeah. A good no thing surprise, to surprise. They thrive with the guy they hate. They thrive without the guy they hate. You know. So funny how things work, Joe. Funny how things work. The four and three Raiders at the two and five Chargers. The Raiders are three and one on the road this season after going combined three and thirteen on the road in the previous two seasons, and they will seek to win their three sh- uh, their third straight road game for the third time in the past fifteen seasons. Not a good road team. Here they are on the road. Who do you like? No, they got a huge win last week against Cleveland. That was a very much credit to them. They did a fantastic job in that game, again, stopping the run. Uh, but very much seeming like one of those games where everybody says, oh, here's the top rush team. Here's the worst run defense. It's going to be a blowout. I fell into that trap as well. It usually happens the other way. The team with the worst run defense ends up stopping the run. Kind of how that works. 
Joel, on this is a tough game to pick. Again, Vegas has been very inconsistent. Their record says they've been inconsistent. Yet here they are. They could, with a win, they're 5-3. and three, And they're moving into that wild card spot. Now, the Chargers. Justin Herbert looks fantastic. Looks great. Looks all this, all that. They can't close games. We saw what they did against Denver. They could not close the game. I'm going to take the Raiders this week. I hope Moltner enjoys that pick. Uh, doesn't come around too often. I'm going to take the Raiders in this game. I think Derek Carr does enough. Josh Jacobs. And again, that Chargers defense is missing a piece. A.A. Derwin James, who's who's been hurt all year. But uh, I, listen, again, I, don't be surprised if the Chargers get up in this game and the Raiders fight back and, and win it in the end. Because again, the Chargers are becoming another one of those teams that finds a way to lose. And, uh, I, I, you know, again, like I said, I, I like Herbert. He's played well. They just can't close the deal. And uh, so give me give me Oakland in this game. And credit to Derek Carr. He's been playing fantastic football this year, really setting up numbers for his career. Moving on to one of the more interesting matchups of the weekend um, at the 425 slot, we have the 4-3 and three Dolphins taking on the 5-2 and two Cardinals. Um, Tiger Valoa and Murray finished 1-2 and two in the Heisman race in 2018. This will only be the fifth time that quarterbacks have finished 1-2 and two in the same Heisman race when against each other, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson are the most recent pair. So definitely an interesting matchup for fans this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, again, Tua didn't do, a mu- do much last week. He had, what, 93 passing yards, I think. Again, Their defense went crazy. Didn't oh, absolutely. No, no, no. They didn't ask him to do a lot, okay? And, and, again, that's a great job on their coaching staff. Listen, Arizona coming off a bye week. They had that big win against Seattle before they went to their bye week. I think they carry some momentum into this game. They're at home, too. Give me Arizona. And, again, I think I think Tua takes a next step in his progression. I think maybe he throws for 150 yards this week. But uh, I like I like Kyler Murray, and I like that team at home coming off a bye week. God knows if you're in the NFC West right now, any win matters right now. Oh, so. it, it does. It, like, this is a game. If you're Arizona, you you got to win. you got to win this game. Now, this is one of the more lopsided matchups of the weekend, and I say that because Vegas has the favorites at minus 14. The 7-0 Steelers take on the 2-6 Cowboys. (laughs) Do I need to even know who you're picking? The Steelers. No, it's the Steelers, and it's probably greater than 14. I think think this is, you know, this is the big uh, question mark is, is do they cover the spread? I think they do. I actually think they win by more than 14. I think they win by 28. I think Ben's going to pick that defense apart. Uh, or what defense should I say? There's nothing there. You're basically <laughs> playing against air. You might as well be. Okay? I, I just... It, it's so bad. It's so hard to watch. If they didn't play Carson Wentz last week, they would have lost by 30. Okay? But they did play Carson Wentz, and he almost screwed them out of that game. But, I yeah, this Steeler team, they look really poised, John. They might they could run the table here. I think they get to 14-2. and two, But they have a lot of favorable matchups here. They got, I think they got the Bengals twice. They play the Browns, who, of course, will lose to the Steelers. They might see the Eagles and Giants. Because they do. I think they see the Giants, which is an automatic win. They no, they see... saw the Giants already. Oh, yeah. They played in week one. Eagles, they see the Eagles in the back Yeah, half. it's uh, it's all... No, they played the Eagles already. Oh, they beat geez. the Eagles, too. Oh, geez. But I'm they... feeling like it's week five I think, out here. I think the one big matchup is the Ravens left, all, all that kind of stuff. But in all seriousness, give me, give me the Steelers. And give me them to cover. I think they win this game by at least 21. It's fun to know that the Dallas Cowboys have not scored a touchdown since Dak's been hurt. Oh, it's that's, been disgusting. That's bad. Why, why didn't Cooper you pay Cooper Cooper Rush. Jerry? Cooper you Rush doing, Jerry? started on our varsity team when we were younger. What you, what you doing, Jerry? Why didn't you pay your man, Jerry? Is he valuable now? 
We what move do, on think? from the best versus worst team to what I will call the game of the week, which is the 820 matchup. The 5 and 2 Saints take on the 6 and 2 Buccaneers in a battle of the NFC South. Saints running back Alvin Kamara has six straight games with 100 scrimmage yards, the longest active streak in the NFL. Longest streak by a Saints player since Deuce, Deuce McAllister. I have his jersey. Nine game streak in 2003. Kamara's 27 career games of 100 yards from scrimmage are tied with Joe Horn for third in franchise history. Kamara's a beast. Deuce, Deuce McAllister, I used to, I have his, I have his card. I have his home jersey. I have his card. Authentic. That's pretty I'm a big uh, Deuce guy. That's a wild name. That was a long time ago. Uh, this is, oh man, this is a fun matchup. I, I really like this one. Again, Tampa Bay. Again, I think, I think part of it is I want to give the Giants credit. I think they played really well on Monday night. I think the other part of it was they sleepwalked, like Tampa, Tampa Bay, as I call them, sleepwalked right over the Giants. Uh, to be honest, and that game was a lot closer than it should have been. And they're looking ahead to this week. I like Tampa Bay in this game. I, I really do. I, I like the addition of Antonio Brown. They may or may not get Chris Godwin back this week. And then they then we really get to see that three-headed monster and Gronk at tight end and Ronald Jones in the backfield uh, if he doesn't fumble again and Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Oh, man, this is going to be a knock-em-out, drag-em-out type game. Jolan, I would expect this game to probably be 31-28, somewhere in that range. I really like these teams, and I like what Todd Bowles is doing. Credit to Todd Bowles. Again, he got away from the Jets organization and magically got better. There's a trend wait, here. It's it's really weird how that works. I, I, I don't know how that happened. Oh, wait a minute. It's because that organization stinks. Okay, so good for him. He's gotten some real good talent. They like to bring a lot of pressure. And you know what? You know what beats Drew Brees? Pressure. Because he's a statue back there. And if you get to him, he'll fumble and he'll turn the game around for you. That happened in the playoff game last year against Minnesota. Everson Griffin tore up all all day, and and he had a big fumble late in the game that really turned the game over. Okay, so I think you got to get pressure on Drew Brees. But to be honest, Jolan, it's the same recipe for both defenses. How do you beat Tom Brady in your career? You get pressure on him. Why? Because he can't really move that much. Never has been, never will be, especially at 43. Okay, so get pressure on these quarterbacks. Whichever team does that more wins. I think uh, Tampa Bay dials it up a little bit more here, and I like them at home in front of their 13,000 fans. I think, I don't know, maybe the election's over. Maybe they stop thinking about coronavirus. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take Tampa Bay in this game. To please our Jets listeners, I do want to say their, I'm future, not them at all. their future looks more bright than most of the tanking organizations right now. 15 first three-rounders in the next two years, the most cap space in NFL history, or NFL history, in NFL this next offseason coming forward. So Don't screw if, it up. If Joe Douglas can do what he's been doing and cutting the guys that's been a problem for him after taking over the regime, I think the Jets are going to be in a positive light, which leads us into our Monday night game. A snooze bowl, because we have the toilet bowl. The 2-5 and five Patriots at the 0-8 Jets. Over the past three games, Newton has zero touchdowns. Five interceptions and a 21% off-target percentage and a 25 QBR. Part of the problem might be the wideouts. That group only has one touchdown, the fewest in the NFL, and the Pats have thrown eight picks when targeting a wide receiver. So, the wide receiver core, not doing well. Cam Newton, not doing well after COVID. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? So, one of my favorite things in statistics is the law of large numbers, which says everything's basically going to come back to the average. Is this the game Cam Newton catches up and comes back to the average? Is this where we see vintage Newton? 20 carries, 100 yards, throws for another 150 to a buck 75 against this putrid defense. By the way, that was supposed to be the bright spot of this team. 
And I guess, statistically speaking, they have been. But what do you really call a bright spot on this team? I, I don't know. I think, you know, Avery Williamson getting traded was a bright spot for the for him and not the team. Whatever. This sets up for New England to win this game. Bill Belichick owns them. He made Sam Darnold see ghosts the last time these teams played on Monday Night Football. And uh, he he's going to try and dial it up again. I think a lot of people, uh, they're bailing on the Patriots, and rightfully so. Listen, they've been awful, you know, so. But I think this is a game where Cam Newton, again, he can get his stats back up. He can do a lot of different things against this team, and a lot of things will be successful. But don't expect this game to be like 31-7. to Expect this game to be like, let's say, 24-10 to is kind of what, what I'm predicting here. Uh, in terms of the Patriots, I think the Patriots win regardless. Uh, that moves us to a Thursday matchup, which is actually a pretty good one, depending if both these teams win. It's the Indianapolis Colts at the ooh, Tennessee me, Titans. Tennessee Titans, yes, correct. And they're both five and two, so a win this week against the Ravens, and I believe against the Bears, they'd both be sitting at six and two. That sets up for a primetime Thursday night game. Who yeah. would you like in that matchup? It's going to be a great one, regardless. Again, you have really the heavyweight defense in Indianapolis going up against. Derrick Henry in that monster. Again, even on short rest, the dude is, like, unstoppable. Uh, I'm going to pick Tennessee in this game, naturally. And which means... You like Tennessee this I, year. I've picked Tennessee twice now, and uh, which means they're going to lose one of these games in the next two weeks. And I've and I've picked against the Colts both times, and I, which means they're going to win one of each of these weeks. Or at, at least one of these two matchups. Maybe both. I just... I, I think uh, Ryan Tannehill's got to get out of his rut. His teams are starting to not stop Derrick Henry, but slow him. He's not getting 264 like he was a few <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, right. So they're making Tannehill beat them a little bit more. He hasn't been able to do so. A.J. Brown's got to get back into it. Corey okay. Davis has been a huge factor. Yes, but A.J. Brown is really the guy that gets it going. He's the physical specimen on that team. He's really got to find it. He's got to get separation. He's got to get some big catches. Just to end this NFL segment, I hope you know in like 10 years from now, we'll probably still be doing this on a much larger scale, but A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, kids are going to be like, they played in college together? Because they're both, I think, are going to be that good through all those years. They're, no, the kids are going to be like, they played in college? Like, those dudes should have been in the league straight out of high school. Like if you just <laughs> they played look, in college, question mark? <laughs> right, you just look at the fit. Like, look at these two dudes. They're unreal. We saw... DK Metcalf reached 23 miles an hour at 6'3", 240. That's ridiculous. Fast man alive. That's unreal. I, I Just absolutely ridiculous. But you're right. In 10 years from now, we'll be talking about those guys, and uh, the, they'll be fantastic. So that's going to do it on our NFL segment. We're going to move into the NBA a little bit, Joel. On. This is episode number 24. This is our Kobe episode. So we'd be remiss not to talk about him. And, again, uh, rest in peace to him, and I hope his family's doing well and, and everything like that. We miss him and his daughter, Gianna. Uh, of course, and uh to the other members of the family. Absolutely, lost and everybody, yeah, everybody that was lost in that plane crash—a very horrific scene. Um, and uh, you know, all, all the best to them. But uh, you know, just looking back on Kobe's career, Jolan, I this guy's got to be—I think this guy sits number two or three for me in terms of this generation. When you really look back on things, because I think him and Tim Duncan both kind of hit the end. The beginning of this generation a little bit. Then LeBron got into the league. I think by far LeBron's been the best player in this generation. Zach and I talked about it last week. I really do think far and beyond LeBron's been the best player in this generation. But I think Kobe Duncan, I think it gets into a really fun debate. I, I really I really think it does. And, and now again, Kobe won a lot of his titles at the beginning of the decade. So a lot of people forget about it. But he did win two in 2009 and 2010. Yes. 
right? So, I, you know, it, it's really tough, and I, I would have to do more of a deep dive into this, Joel, to really look at the numbers. Uh, and it goes it goes both ways. But what I will tell you is, if we take out Kobe's three championships at the beginning of the decade, because we want to say, hey, maybe that's not, maybe that's just slightly off of this generation. I would give the slight edge to Kobe because over Tim. Here's why: when you look at Kobe, now he had to do it with Phil Jackson, but Tim did it with Pop. You know, and those guys go one and two. Who else? He did it with Powell. He did it with Met- a guy named Metal World Peace. Dude. Well, you bring up an interesting argument when you remove the first three titles because you could say because that's the- Shaq and Kobe. Absolutely, not even that. But Shaq was the main centerpiece before Kobe, in his own right, became a super. Don't get me wrong; he absolutely dominated those finals. That was our Brady Belichick before before Brady and Belichick. Exactly. Right? Like that's the Who's debate the people are having two? right now. Who deserves more credit? But this is what I'm saying. I think as we get into people of our generation. I think they remember those titles in 09 and 2010 more, per se. I know I was, what, two, two three years old when that di- when their three-peat started? Yeah, I was five you when know, the third so I didn't really, You know, so I didn't really start watching the NBA. So I think when you look back at 09, 10, uh, you really start to look at it. And, I mean, listen, he Tim Duncan had three other Hall of Famers with him. He's a Hall of Famer in his own right. And, I, I, again, I'm not taking anything away from him, but he played with three other Hall of Famers are two guaranteed Hall of Famers. We'll see what Kawhi Leonard's career turns into, but he was their defensive stopper. So I, I give the slight edge to Kobe. But you're right. If we bring those titles into into play, it gets interesting. But then you even look at 1999, Jolan, when the Spurs won. Was it was it Tim? Was it uh, Dave um, David Robinson? Yeah. Oh, David Robinson. Yeah, David Robinson. You know who was really the center? Duncan Robinson. No, Duncan <laughs> Robinson. That's yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm, I'm thinking like Dunkin' Donuts and Dave Robbins. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. I I just, I give Kobe the slight edge uh, because I think when you talk about things that rem- are remember rem- are memorable well, for our generation, I think it's 09-10 and much less that three-peat. So give me Kobe. So here's the thing, and you put a great point to this. Kobe's 09 and 10 runs were so much more prevalent in our minds because that's when we really started to watch basketball. But besides that, as you saw, and I don't want to discredit Paul, but Paul was not a top six, seven player in the NBA like people cut him out to be. He was one of the best forwards, don't get me wrong, but Kobe was that team. You saw him will his team to, I believe, three straight finals because he went against the Celtics. They did. On the second half of his career. So, Yeah. yeah, so he lost against the Celtics and he comes back and wins two. I don't think he was the best player ever in the league at one given time, but he was the most valuable player to the entire league for like 10 years. No doubt. So, yeah, that, yeah, see, that's an interesting argument because you really have that grace period between Michael Jordan and LeBron. And LeBron was really the best player in the league by like year two or three when he I'm dragged that Cavs like, team. Oh, oh, six, oh, seven, like You're right. When he dragged that Cavs team to the finals, you know, that that he definitely was the best player. He may have been. A, but Kobe a was the market. Before. Right, so that's that to me is a really interesting argument you have between what ninety eight then and like two thousand five. So that's about seven I years. Didn't push it beyond until LeBron's Miami Heat when he really took over as the face of the league. I'll give Kobe and Tim I Duncan. still think LeBron was the best player in the league. You best look at that player and face game. of the league are two different things here. You know what? That's fair. I you know, but again, like Baker Mayfield's a face for the NFL. He's not wow, the best quarterback no, in a long a, shot. He's the face for progressive. Okay, that's what that's what he's the face of. Okay, and he's gonna be the face of the bench. He doesn't start playing well. 
Okay, but I, you know, again, I think I think that's even an interesting argument that uh, you'd have to look back on. But again, you had that really okay. Call it seven to ten years. You had that window of like who was, you know, who really was the best player in the league, and it and it goes back between Kobe and Tim Duncan and all these different guys. You know, and then you get the guys that pop up with a random year, like Kevin Garnett had a random super year, like. It, but outside of that, it was Paul Pierce had a random Super Finals, dropping twenty seven a game. Yeah, and then he went out on a wheelchair because he, you know, had the doo doo. Um, <laughs> but we're not going to go to there. But uh, but no, I think it's a really interesting debate, Jolan. And again, uh, you know, again, he had a great career and he did a lot of great things for a lot of different people. And you have to realize the people were referring Kobe to LeBron, Tim Duncan, the Michael Jordans. These are all top twelve players. Oh, these are Mount ever. Rushmore. Yeah, these are know, literally like- top twelve players. So to even be in the conversation of talking about these guys, you could tell how high we raise him. Yeah, and again, listen, he. I will say this forever, forever. He is the closest to Michael Jordan we've seen in terms of replicating what Michael Jordan was. People talk about Michael's mental advantage and the killer mentality. Kobe is the next guy on that list. He was just he was the same guy as Michael Jordan just without 6 and 0. You know, and he and he won 5, but he he wasn't 6 and 0 and that was really his big quote unquote downfall. You know what I mean? But I mean if he'd been 6 and 0, they'd basically be replicas of each other. I, honestly, you with could, Kobe probably if, having better stats over if, his career. If you're a memorabilia guy, you could sell them as replicas of each other. Okay, so, but uh, but really, again, rest in peace to him. Uh, and uh, he had a great career, unreal. Just all the memories for Los Angeles. Quick question: Where would you put him all time list? Where would with I no put disrespect, him all time? No tragedy occurring. Where would you actually put him based off a number? I'm gonna put him between. I would say. I don't know the exact number, Jolan. I'm probably going somewhere between. I think he can go as high as nine, and I think I think his low is probably fifteen. I was literally about to say he's in between my eight to twelve range. I, I think he's in that range somewhere. And again, like I said, I'd have to sit down and, and really, really sit down and figure out those numbers. But I think that's where he sits now. Their season's going to start December twenty second. I've been pleading with them to start on Christmas. There's this whole big thing about the turnaround. It's the shortest turnaround in sports. 77 days is short, yeah. though. And, uh, but again, they had five months off. LeBron you know, didn't. Yeah, well, of course not. And LeBron's probably not going to play until mid-January anyway, except he should play on Christmas. Uh, but again, that's Christmas is going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to put Lakers Nets NBA on Christmas. NBA draft less than two weeks away I, now. Oh, yeah, November 18th. Free agency is going to start. Trades can start soon. Oh, man, what a, what a lot of fun this is. And what we what we avoided, Jolan, is they could have blown up the CBA. They could have started from scratch. They didn't. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. I think I think it's still a possibility, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Now, if this was Major League Baseball, I would have told you to freaking throw everything out the window, and, and they're going to strike. And they are going to strike, by the way. But uh, the NBA, great job. Again, I, I, I like this getting started before Christmas. And again, you have to get the most games in that you can. Plus, they have the Olympics this year. I think if they didn't have the Olympics this year, it'd be even better because they could extend that season. They could say, hey, Bron, look, listen, man, nobody's playing back-to-backs. Nobody's doing this. The travel's going to be Three limited. nights rest, maybe one right. week. Travel maybe is more regional than it has been. Maybe it's like a college tour almost where like, hey, uh, we're the Knicks. We're going out west. We're going to play Sacramento, Los Angeles. You know, you're playing everybody kind of in a Lakers, row. Houston. Right. So uh, I think that's something they can look into. But again, great job by the NBA getting this together in a very short time frame. Now we're going to see what happens with fans because they lost over a billion and a half dollars and with, 20 without fans. To Thirty million viewers. 
in the NBA Finals. Yeah, so the, the, I credit that to football, the, baseball. The viewers going to be yeah that stuff. It, it, and to again, John, it's COVID, man. Like people, people are focused on rightfully their job status, their families, what's going on, their financials. I, again, like someone like me who's 22. I mean, I work and I got my job and I got security right now, so I can watch all these games happen. Why? Because I feel comfortable. You know, but a lot of There's people lot don't, of people. and uh, you know, you got to respect that. So, uh, the whole fans thing is probably going to be regional. I, I, I really think that like Texas doesn't believe there's a virus. Neither does Florida. So expect those teams to likely have some kind of fans. Big Phil. Each state's and, about to be its and, own country and, at this and point. <laughs> and, big, and big Cuomo's not going to. They're not going to allow fans in the stands. Let's be completely honest about that. It's it's gonna be interesting. By the way, Steve Cohen sale. I totally bought one of those William De Blasio clown shirts that KFC Barstool dropped. Oh, I saw that those. is the best thing that Barstool has done. And I'm glad you took us to our next segment because we're gonna talk some baseball here to wrap up the pod. Yeah, Mayor Bill De Blasio tried to step in and say, "Hey, uh, no, 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 block the sale." I talked about this with Zach last week. That seemed more of. Hey, we just want to do a final investigation of Steve Cohen. It kind of sounded like he tried to flex on New York a little bit. He thought about it a little bit. But what I, what I will say is, again, it's hard for people to conceptualize, oh, Steve Cohen's company got caught with fraud. What does that mean? Well, Insider Steve, trading Steve is... Cohen, Steve Cohen personally did not commit a crime, he might as have. far as we know. But uh, but that sale has officially gone through, Joel, and approved by the owners, uh, not blocked by de Blasio. And by the way, they would have probably burned his house down if he if he blocked. And like they're already you say on- that jokingly, no, dude. No, no, no. Mets I'm fans not, are I'm crazy. Not <laughs> I'm not kidding, John. New York is already on the verge of burning his house down. Literally, like, he's like, like already on the verge. This would have set them over the top. But I I love this. We do not wish that upon anybody. And if you're thinking about doing it, do not do it. Do not we're do jo- it. We're joking. No, please don't do it. Don't ever do that. That's a bad bad idea. It's politics. Does not involve your actual personal life. Right. Love your neighbors. Right. But back to Steve Cohen. I really like this. He's going to put up the Tom Seaver statue, which has belonged there for years, Thank God. decades, and it's time for him to go spend some money, Joel. I'm tired. I literally opened the ESPN app before we started this podcast so I could see what was going on in the world of sports. I'm putting my and, hands up like Money Man's out for you the, guys that are listening. And the first thing I see is George Springer and Bauer to the Mets, or uh, it was it was somebody else too. Guys, they got to start landing some dudes. Like they, some they, big Oh, names. here it is. Lindor and Springer to the Mets. Like, those are two huge names. You don't got to get me nothing for Christmas, Mom. You cannot fall into the New York Knicks trap, which is we're going to get everybody and their mother, and then you do, then you get nobody and their mother, so then you're really in trouble. But, uh, yeah, they, they got to really go out and get some big names. But, Jolan, your thoughts on Steve Cohen? I love Steve Cohen. Um, he might have got hit with the insider trading. That was what the allegation that Goose was talking about before in the early to late 80s. Or it might be like 85 in the middle. So, regardless, his company got hit for insider trading, so they took away his license for two years and hit him with an $8 million fine. That got brought up, like you said, William de Blasio, because his first name is William and not Bill. I know, I know. He was like, oh, maybe I should look into this. New Yorkers, KFC Barstool, they're not taking it. Of course. Steve Cohen, Champagne, it's time to win. Absolutely. He now owns 95% of the team. The Wilpons have uh, basically nothing to do with the team, and... uh, they I got said, good box seats. I said I said last week they should be banned from even putting the New York Mets on their resume. They should put like, a statue up and then beat it up like publicly they, every when day. When they interview for their next employer, they should not be allowed to talk about the Mets. They really shouldn't. Oh, we did a terrible job.
but you no. had a horrible business plan for 35 years. It, it's money time in New York. I'm so tired. I, I said this last week. I'm so tired of hearing we don't have enough money. Like, guys. We're little it, brothers of the Yankees. Right. Not anymore. No. And Again, we st- we're Listen, still little brothers. You look at Steve Ballmer. I said this off airs. I think this compares to Steve Ballmer a little bit. A guy with a ton of money and a lot of excitement to get in. We saw what Steve Ballmer did. Now they haven't built they haven't won a championship yet. But look what he's put in place down there. They're building a new stadium. They're doing all this stuff. I think Steve Cohen can have a similar effect. I think that's the that's if you're looking for a comparison, like we look at guys in college all what's his comparison? Who's the who's the pro comparison? Right. I think I think Steve Ballmer is Steve Cohen's comparison, and that Steve's. is quite the honor. Well, that's gonna do it here for episode twenty four on the Air It Out Podcast. John, this was a lot of fun, and uh, always we look forward. Back, bro. We look forward to another week. great week. I even forgot about this. We got Clemson Notre Dame this week, Jolan. That's going to be a huge game. No Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a coach He's because get- he did have COVID, and uh, he is getting his uh, heart test done because obviously that has been that has randomly popped up in some people. It's a hundred million dollar man they're taking care of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna so be all right. they're going to go into Notre Dame as five and a half point favorites. I think it's probably seven and a half, ten if he's playing. I really do. And uh, Jolan, who's starting for Clemson this week? So the replacing Trevor Lawrence is. Uh, bear with me, boys. DJ Ui on Gulele. Wow, big cinco they call him. They're throwing some mowing. Dabo <laughs> big says cinco. Dabo says besides experience, technically they don't differ between him and Trevor. But this is like the thing, Jolan. This is why I never feel bad for Alabama because they're like, oh, we. Injuries, injury, dude. Your backup's a five star. Your backup's a four star. Oh, I'm sorry, life sucks. Oh, like, we I'm, lost I'm, Julio. I'm, Amari Cooper. I'm, I'm sorry, like <laughs> life stinks for you that you have to replace a five star with a we five lost star. Amari Cooper. Like, this Henry is, Ruggs. This is absurd. You got some programs they lose a five star, they're gonna replace them with a no star. Like just stop with this BS. Same thing with Clemson. I expect them to go in and win this game by by three points or less. But they got to win this football game. I'm picking Notre Dame. I'm throwing that out there right now. They should win this football game. They are the best, from what we've seen, the best team in the country. And they have the best talent in the country from what we've seen. Again, all you need to do is get through one more game and you get Trevor Lawrence back. There's your motivation. You want motivation outside of your playing in Notre Dame in a top five matchup? Go win this week. All right, so, and then we got that. We got Pompton Lakes playing this weekend. They're going to play Butler this weekend, Jolan. That's a little fun because we have... Who used to be our quarterback our freshman year in high school, Robbie Byers, and his dad. Good guy, they both, too. Oh, fantastic Love human Robbie. beings, by the way. Absolutely great individuals. Uh, like better people than they are football coaches. And that's not a knock against, but that's that just tells you how, what kind of people they are. They now coach for Butler. They now coach Butler's uh, offense and defense, respectively. So it's going to be a heavyweight bout on Saturday, Jolan. Now, what's interesting is this game has no weighing on the postseason. But I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think in a non-COVID year, you likely sit your starters and get ready for the NJIC playoff next week. However, in a COVID year, teams are canceling games. You you didn't even this game wasn't even on the schedule a few weeks ago. So I think in a COVID year, you're playing every game, and these kids want to play. I, I've been down to practice a few times. You really see it on their face and how much they want to compete and how much they want to do it. They're going to take on Butler this week, and I think they got a real good chance to win. That's going to be at Hirschfield Park. That's gonna be a lot of fun. If you don't have a ticket, don't show up because you're not gonna get in the in the door unless you're me. I got VIP seats waiting for me uh, out there on the sideline, reclining you know chairs. Who's pulled up in the jet, boys? Re- reclining chairs, soda, popcorn, anything I want. Already sitting there waiting for me on the sideline. All kidding aside, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But they did win a division title. They beat that team in green last week on the road. I was there. It was cold. It was rainy. 
It was disgusting. Oh, man. It was just a bad night. Reminds me a lot of that area. Except for the fact that Ponte Lakes took home the W. They won the division. And they're going to advance the NJIC playoffs. We're going to have more on that next week. Uh, Should be a lot of fun, Joel. But that's going to do it for the episode. Episode 24, our Kobe episode here. And uh, you can always find me on Twitter, at Gosker56, at Goose on the mic. Joel, where might the people be able to find you? and or the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on the podcast at airitout.podcast on Instagram or podcast air it out on Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at good old Joel's. The same thing. I made a match just for your simplicity's sake. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, feel free to reach us out on those. If you want to be a guest in the show, our lines are always open. Yeah, if you want to be a guest, reach out. We certainly have had a lot of fun with some of our guests. Uh, Matt, two weeks ago, we had Shaw, we had Moltner, we had Nick McCarthy, all those Vince guys. E. Vince, that was a lot of fun. Guys, reach out. Be on the show if you want. It's all up to you. We had Zach on last week. I, I already told Zach. Zach, just, thank you so I'm, much, by the way. I'm brother. dragging Joel on up to war. We're, we're going to do. Zach's going to be on more. Uh, I, I, Zach's I'm, voice is phenomenal. I'm, ta- man is I'm taking Joel on to Warwick one of these days because we're going to have a lot of fun up there. In but, New but again, re- reach out. Do what you have to do and go from there. Now, Joel on. Uh, uh, until next time, until week 10, and until episode 25. Put it in the books.